Well, good morning and welcome to those of you who are joining us by Facebook, those of you joining us on YouTube. I want to say welcome to those of you on MyFaithBible.org and FaithBibleSlotL.com. Do me a favor. Let's show our praise and worship team and our AV team some appreciation. Go ahead and drop in that comments box how good the worship was. I know that God met you in worship. Go ahead and put a hands up, a high five. Give them some hearts. Let them know how much you appreciate them serving as well as our AV team. I want to say happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday to all of you, especially to those of you who are joining a faith Bible service for the first time. And more than anything, the resurrection is a story of hope in a world of hopelessness. It's important, especially uh, right now, that when our world is filled with so much uncertainty, that we see the hope that Jesus Christ offers through his resurrection. There's so much going on right now that will make you feel like you're hopeless. Our children are out of school and we don't quite know what's next. Our friends and loved ones are fighting an illness that we don't have a cause or a cure for. We, we can't go to see about them and, and be there for them when it seems like they need us the most. Our job situations in many cases are uncertain and it seems like everywhere you turn, nobody seems to have good news. Every, every news channel is speaking hopeless. Every story you read seems to be a hopeless story. And even everybody you talk to seems to be talking about the despair of corona. I, I want to encourage you to do something today. I, I want to encourage you to make today in your house a no corona day. I, I want to encourage you to not look at anything corona. Don't talk corona don't catch up on Corona. Don't listen to Corona. If somebody mentions Corona to you today, you ought to tell them, look, today ain't the day. And, and when you do it, you got to give them your crazy look. You can't just say it. You got to say it like, look, today ain't the day. And, and I know some of y'all always look crazy. If, if that's you, then you just give them your extra crazy look. But I want to encourage you to take today and make it a no corona day. Take a break from the news. Take a break from the constant cycle. And today, instead of focusing on corona, focus on the cure for it all. Focus on the one who has power over not just corona, but whatever you might find yourself hopeless about right now. You know, in the days between Good Friday and what we now celebrate as Easter Sunday morning, there was a lot of hopelessness. Jesus had been crucified. His body had been laid in the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Everybody who had followed him and believed in him had watched as he was unjustly convicted and eventually killed. Friday night had gone by and they were in mourning. Saturday had come and gone and yet they were still grieving. And then on Sunday morning, John 20 and 1 says that this happened. It says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. I want to emphasize that. She came to the tomb early while it was still 
dark. It was early in the morning, so early that it was still dark. And she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. You know, when John says, while it was still dark, he's talking about the time of day. And what he was saying was that the sun hadn't come up yet, even though it was morning time. But can I just point out to you that it wasn't the land that was the only dark thing. They, they were in a dark time of their lives because all of their hopes in Jesus in their minds was, were now dead. See, they had believed that he was going to restore Israel to a world power. They had bought into his ministry with their whole hearts. And on Friday, all of those hopes had been destroyed. They had watched as he had been put to death. You know, we call it Good Friday, but truthfully, there was nothing good about it. Friday was the day that they watched the man that they loved get falsely accused. Friday was the day that they saw him executed. On Friday, they watched him hang there in agony for six hours in pain. On Friday, they saw crowds of people who cheered and insulted him while he was being tortured. On Friday, they saw darkness cover the land in the middle of the day. It was on Friday that the old song says that they hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head, and for me, he died. That all happened on Friday. You see, we call it Good Friday, but the truth is a lot of bad things happened on the Friday before Easter. So here we find one of the faithful followers of Jesus Christ, Mary Magdalene, and she's walking to the tomb in the darkness of the day. And not only was she facing the darkness of the day, but she was also dealing with a very dark time in her life because of all the things that she had witnessed on Friday. I'm talking to somebody. It's Easter Sunday. But you would say to me, Pastor, I find it hard to celebrate Easter today. And the reason why is because I feel like I'm walking in the darkness of a Good Friday situation. I'm dealing with a virus. I'm in darkness. I'm dealing with the death of a loved one. I'm in darkness. I'm dealing with the separation of my loved one who's sick. That's darkness. The loneliness of being at home, Pastor, is what I'm dealing with. I'm all by myself on this Easter Sunday. I'm in darkness and I'm having having a hard time celebrating, to be quite honest with you. Pastor, I don't have any of those things, but I'm in darkness because I fear getting the virus. Pastor, I'm dealing with a Good Friday situation, and to be quite honest with you, it's hard to celebrate Easter when you're living in a Good Friday world. It's hard to celebrate the resurrection when you're walking in the darkness of Good Friday. Pastor, how do we celebrate Easter when we're living in darkness. I'm so glad you asked that question. The first reason why you ought to celebrate is because first of all, you saved a lot of money on Easter clothes this year. 
and you didn't have to fight no crowds at the mall. You, you didn't have to find a place to park. You, you didn't have to spoil no already spoiled children and buy them a bunch of junk that they ain't going to need and tear up anyway. I ought to get an amen from the fellas on that if I don't get it from nobody else. And ladies, it's for you too. You ought to celebrate because this is the first Easter in a long time that you didn't have to sit around the hair salon all day on Saturday. You, you ought to be praising him just for that reason. But if you can't praise him for none of that, the reason why we can celebrate Easter even though things that are going on around us are not good is because it's not what's good that's going on around us that we celebrate. It's what's good and the hope that lives inside of us that we celebrate on Easter Sunday. And today, despite what's happening in the world, we celebrate the hope of the world. And despite what's going on, he lives. And because he lives, we know that hope lives. Because Jesus is alive, hope is alive for us today. Because Jesus lives, there's hope for tomorrow. Because he lives, there's hope for our families. Because he lives, there's hope for our community. Because he lives, there's hope for our country. Because he lives, there's hope for the sick. There's hope for our children. Because he lives, there's hope for our our lives no matter what situation we might find ourselves in this morning Matthew 28 verses 1 through 4 in the Bible says that when the ladies got to the tomb there was an earthquake it says and the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and it says that the angel rolled the stone away from the door of the tomb and sat on it. It, it was a victory posture that the angel was taking by sitting on that stone. And it says that when the angel came down, the guards that were standing there froze and became like dead men. And then verse 5 says, but the angel said to the women, notice what he says to them, do not be afraid. I, I want to talk. I want you to think about that. They were in the darkest time of their lives. They, they were in what they thought was a hopeless situation. And, and the first thing the angel that God sent to them said was, do not be afraid. Now, now notice in verse 4, the guards who were there were in so much fear that they froze like they were dead. The, the very sight of the angel made them freeze. Well, but when you look at it, the angel never tells them not to be afraid. The sight of an angel made them freeze, Pastor? Well, when you look in the Bible, the first thing most people did when they saw an angel is they got scared. That's why most of the time when an angel appears, the first thing they say is, do not be afraid. That reminds me of a story of a man who went squirrel hunting. And he ran into another guy who was squirrel hunting. But it was weird because even though this guy was squirrel hunting and he had a sack full of squirrels, the first man noticed that this guy didn't have a gun. And he walked up to the man and he said, how you doing, man? He said, oh, I'm good. He said, well, he said, I got a question for you. He said, I don't see you with a gun. I don't see you with a slingshot. You don't have a rock in your hand. You don't have a stick. You don't have any kind of weapons. 
but yet I see you got a sack full of squirrels. How in the world did you kill all of those squirrels without a weapon? The guy said, I scam. The dude said, you what? The guy said, you heard me, I scam. I, I scam. He said, you what? He said, I, I scam. He said, you mean to tell me you scared of squirrels to death? The man said, yeah. He said, I used to bring my wife, but she bust them up too bad. <laughs> she was that ugly. Anyway, <laughs> watch this. The Bible says that the soldiers were frozen like they were dead. Here's the thing. But the angel never told the soldiers not to fear. Hmm, what's up with that, Pastor? On the contrary, as soon as the angel came into contact with the women who were seeking Jesus, the first thing he told them was don't fear. So he doesn't tell the soldiers not to fear, but as soon as he comes into contact with Mary Magdalene and the women who were seeking Jesus, he tells them, do not fear. What's the difference between the women and the soldiers, pastor? I'm glad you asked that question. The women were seeking Jesus. The soldiers were trying to help Pilate kill his voice. They went to the tomb to anoint his body. They were looking to serve him. The soldiers were trying to keep him secluded. Pastor, how do I face a dark situation and not fear? How do I face a Friday in my life and not lose hope? How do I keep the faith when everything around me is falling apart? You do what the women did. You just keep seeking him. As long as you seeking him, you have no reason to fear. Why? Because Hebrews 11 and 6 says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. David was in one of the most dangerous situations in his life when he wrote Psalms 34 and 4, and this is what he said. He said, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. What did you do when life got crazy, David? What did you do when life got out of your control? David, when you were in the scariest situation that you've ever been in in your life, what did you do? Did you panic? Nope. I sought the Lord. Did you go crazy? Yep, but I sought the Lord. Did you run? Yep, I ran to him. I sought the Lord. What did he do when you sought him, David? David says he delivered me from all of my fears. You got to hear me on this. When you spend your time seeking Jesus, you have no reason to fear. When trouble comes and you continue to seek the Lord, he delivers you from all of your fears. When it's dark, in your life and you can't see where to turn I'm telling you you just keep seeking the Lord and I heard David say he'll deliver you just like he delivered me the next thing the angel says in verse 6 is he says come he is not here for he has risen as he said watch this he said come see the place where he lay why did the angel Tell, invite them to come see. I'll tell you why. Because they needed hope. They needed hope. He was reestablishing hope in their lives. They, they, they were in a world of darkness. You see, hope to the human is like oil to the car. It keeps the engine running. Now, now, now be, be careful 
what you put your hope in, though. You, you, you put your hope in the wrong thing, it'll have you hanging on to something that ain't going nowhere. You, you put your hope in the wrong people, they'll, they'll leave you hanging. That, that's how you end up investing in a relationship that you know ain't going nowhere. You put your hope in the wrong people. You, you still investing, just, just, just hoping. Now, now you're around here talking about, yeah, we're we going to get married when we get our stimulus back. Keep on hoping. I, I'm telling you, hope is powerful. You got to watch what you put your hope in. Watch this. Hope in the wrong thing will make you dump money in, in a machine that you know done broke everybody who sat down before you. Let that sink in for a minute. It'll make you dump money in a machine that you know everybody who sat down before you went broke on. But you just sitting there, just, I'm going to just give this one more spin. I'm going to just keep this one more try. Come on, lucky seven. I know this must be my turn. You got to watch what you put your hope in. Don't you put your hope in the wrong thing. That's the lesson I think God is teaching us right now. The biggest thing we can learn from this is that the only sure hope that we have is our hope in God. If you didn't before, you ought to realize now that the safest place to put your hope is in God. Everything else is subject to fail. You got to put your hope in something that never fails. You got to put your hope in Jesus Christ. You see, hope in Christ will keep you going when nothing else can. When life knocks you down, hope in Christ says, get up, you can win. Hope in Christ will give you a smile on the inside when all hell is breaking loose on the outside. Hope in Christ sees the invisible. It believes the incredible. It approaches the unapproachable. It bears the unbearable. It endures the unendurable. It beats the unbeatable, and it defeats the undefeatable. You know what hope in Christ is? Hope in Christ is a lame man who went to see Jesus and told his ride, don't worry about coming back, I'll walk back. Hope in Christ is a blind man who went to meet Jesus and told his wife, I'll see you when I get back. Hope in Christ is a deaf man who sought Jesus and sign language to his mama, I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. I'm going to meet a man named Jesus. And because of who my hope is in, I know I'll talk to you later. And that's the hope we celebrate today. If our hope were in anything else, we would need to cancel Easter. We would, none of us would have reason to celebrate. But the reason why we can celebrate today is because our hope is not in the government. It's not in the doctors. Our hope is not in the economy. Our hope is in the one who spoke all things into being. It's in the one who is all-knowing, the one who is all-powerful. Our hope is in a God who is always present, the one who heals blind eyes, the one who opens deaf ears, the one who has the power to raise the dead. Our hope is in none other than Jesus Christ. 
Through him, death has been defeated. Sin has been defeated. The grave has been defeated. That's who our hope is in. It's in Jesus. Well, pastor, who is Jesus? He is the giver of salvation. He is a shelter in the time of trouble. He is the one who sets the captives free. He is the one who heals the brokenhearted. He is the one who strengthens the weak. Do you know him? He is our provider when we're in need. He's our comforter when we're hurting. He's our strength when we're weak. I'm talking about Jesus. He's our firm foundation. He's our shelter in a time of trouble. He's our light when the world is dark. That's Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace, the Lamb of God. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the resurrection and the life. Do you mind if I talk about him? His goodness is indescribable. His power is incomprehensible. His love is limitless. His grace is sufficient. His mercy is everlasting. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Do you know him yet? At his name, darkness trembles. In his presence, demons flee. The Pharisees couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't fault him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't defeat him. The grave couldn't hold him. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And today we celebrate the fact that hope lives because he lives. Look at what the text says. The angel told him in verse 7. This is what he says. He says, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. God says, now that you've seen it, he says, don't keep it to yourself. I want you to go tell it. For those of us who are believers, I believe with all my heart that that's what God is saying to us. He's saying, don't keep it to yourself. Go tell it. I believe that God has sent us a wake-up call. I believe that this is a call to be about the business of going and telling the world about our Savior, Jesus Christ. What do we tell them, Pastor? You tell the world, we tell the world about the hope that has changed our lives. Well, Pastor, what if I'm not a Christian? What does that mean for me? Here's what it means for you. You need to know that Jesus didn't come for those who are healthy. He came for the sick. He didn't come for the righteous. He came for the sinners. He came for people who were broken. He came for people who were in need. And the reason why we celebrate him today is because he didn't stay in heaven and wish us well from up there. No, no, no. He came to earth to make us well. He befriended prostitutes. He touched the lepers. He reached out to the people that religion rejected. And if you ever felt like you weren't good enough, this hope is for you. If you ever felt like that you had let God down, I need you to know that the hope that we celebrate is for you. If you ever did something you were ashamed of, I invite you, as the angel said to Mary Magdalene, to come and see. Jesus didn't come for perfect people. He came for those of us who are messed up. He came for those of us who know we've sinned. He came for people who have fallen short, for people who know that they've hurt other people, and it does not matter who you are. It does not matter what you've done. 
anyone, the Bible says, who calls on his name will be saved. You will be forgiven. And it's not that you'll just be saved from hell, but you'll be saved for a life here on earth. God says to Jeremiah, my plans are to prosper you and not to harm you. Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Well, why were we saved? He says that the reason why he saved us is for good works. In other words, I've got a life that I've planned for you while you were on earth. I want to prosper you and not harm you. I want to give you purpose. I want to give you a future. God doesn't just save us from eternity. He saves us from a life of hell here on earth. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The saints of God are praying with me right now. All of this is for this moment right here. All of the planning... Easter isn't about anything else if it's not about this. It's about the hope that lives inside of us. It's about the fact that Christ died to give you that same hope. Pastor, how do I get it? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. In other words, you'll have that hope. It's the eternal hope that says that if anything happens to me, I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with him. It's not just an eternal hope, though. It's a hope for right now. It's a hope that says that even while I'm here, that because he defeated death, hell, and the grave, I can overcome anything. It's a hope that says that no matter what I go through while I'm here, that neither death nor life, no principality, no persecution, nor anything else will ever separate me from his love. If you want to establish that hope in your heart today, if you want to invite Jesus Christ into your life, nothing could be better said than on Easter Sunday in the middle of a pandemic. 2020, April 12th, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I got hope for my right now and for my future. Pastor, that's what I want. Right where you are, that's all you got to do. Just repeat this prayer after me. Talk to the Lord and say, Dear Lord, I need the hope that's only found in you. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I also believe that you rose again. Today, I'm asking you to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Tell him thank you for your gift of salvation. Thank you for coming into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. While the saints of God are continuing to pray, if today you prayed that prayer, let me tell you something. Your eternity has changed and your life will too. You got to hear me on this. The Bible says if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. You ought to tell somebody, today I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior.